Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. Hey listeners, be sure to check out our newest podcast called the Natural Products Resource Center. It will be coming out in September of 2019, and we can't wait for you to check it out. All things natural products uh, will be focused on medical cannabis at first, and then we'll be branching to other natural products topics, but be sure to follow us over there. We've got a new podcast coming out, and we're excited to share it with you. All right, so today we're going to be talking about finances. We have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, Jessica Holt. Jessica started her financial career with Northwestern Mutual in 2012 and has managed her own nationwide solo practice since 2015. Jessica started working for Northwestern Mutual as an Atlanta-based associate financial representative in 2012. And in 2017, she and her family relocated to Northeast Ohio for her husband to serve as a law professor and director of the IP Center at the University of Akron School of Law. And they've been enjoying the Buckeye State ever since until now a recent move uh, happening with going to D.C., um, uh, following uh, a new confirmation as a judge uh, with her husband. But throughout all of these moves, Jessica has continued her focus on supporting her clients, including many pharmacists, uh, with achieving their financial goals. Jessica, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Good morning, Hillary. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's an honor to speak with you this morning. Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit more about your personal life. Sure. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, I'm originally from Georgia, the Peach State, um, and then have uh, followed my husband around on a couple different career moves. So uh, through those moves, I've been very blessed to have a national financial advising practice, as you mentioned. And specifically, one of the areas of or groups of people that I work with are pharmacists. You touched on that in my bio. Um, but specifically, I work with a lot at the larger box stores, um, so I really understand their benefits programs, how to utilize them, and um, perhaps things that they didn't learn in pharmacy school, and helping them think a little bit differently about um, you know, ways to save for retirement and live their best life financially. Awesome. Yeah. And we were, we were chatting before uh, we started recording about the importance of, of accounting and finance and just all of those skills. As I'm uh, studying for my MBA, I'm learning accounting and didn't have uh, any exposure to that uh, in all of my uh, science focused courses. And I know many other pharmacists probably didn't either. So it's great to um, 
you know, be able to know about resources uh, to help with with um, getting that aspect of our lives uh, set. So, Jessica, one of probably one of the biggest topics that um, you know a lot of our our younger listeners and probably some of of our listeners um, uh, that have already been out in the careers are still uh, working on our student loans. Um, I think it's a a $1.5 trillion um, number, right? It's kind of at an all-time high. Um, So yeah, we'd love to hear a little bit more from your perspective about, um, you know, what pharmacists should be thinking uh, in relation to student loans. Yeah, thanks for that question. Um, And this is a huge part of the financial planning uh, that I address with my clients because that's a huge financial burden. Um, You've invested so much in your education and you come out and you're making a good income, uh, but still realize that a large portion of your income is going towards student loans. Um, So what I do with a lot of my clients is I'll explain a little bit of the process uh, first. So initially, I am referred to a client, and specifically, I said I work with a lot of pharmacists, so they'll kind of refer me to their other colleagues, other people that they went to school with. Um, And first, we sit down and just have a conversation. What are your goals? What are you trying to achieve in the short term, three years, midterm, five years, and then long term, 10 years and beyond? Um, And from that conversation, I learn what their goals are, what their aspirations are, whether it's buying a house, retirement at a certain age, um, and then I'll build out a financial plan for them. Um, And as I mentioned, one of the large things we address is student loans. Um, And a lot of times that hinders somebody from reaching their financial goals. So what we'll do is analyze the debt. Um, I have a couple different resources outside of Northwestern, specifically a company called Gradfin, Um, They can analyze student loans for a client and decide if they should refinance. Um, You know, a lot of people have their loans with the federal government. And the two big things with having federal loans is they're forgivable uh, upon death if you pass away. And they're also, um, you can have them uh, forgiven or waived if you have a long-term disability situation. Um, Now, a lot of times, each semester you go into school, um, you take out a new loan. So you've got loans at different amounts or different interest rates. Um, So for each client, we we look at those loans as a whole and decide if maybe we should refinance a a portion of them for a better interest rate or if we should keep them federal um, to have those um, forgivenesses. Also, my pharmacist who work at not-for-profit, so hospitals um, specifically um, can have student loan forgiveness. Um, You have to file the PSLF form, the Public Student Loan Forgiveness Form, on an annual basis to prove that you have 120 consecutive payments. Um, So a lot of people are trying to, you know, have those paid off and, or excuse me, forgiven in 10 years. Um, However, a couple of things to think about with that is, Whatever is left over, you're going to have to pay taxes on that amount that is forgiven. Um, Going back to the um, possibly forgiving, or excuse me, um, refinancing your loans, um, what we'll do is I'll run an analysis for somebody. Is it going to make more sense for you to refinance? You pay less money over time, possibly instead of the public student loan forgiveness or forgiveness after 30 years. So 
long explanation, but mostly it's a, it's a personalized tailored goal that we have to look at and analyze for each client. But those are some specific considerations in uh, student learning. Okay. That is really helpful. And, um, you know, some of our listeners may not be aware of the nonprofit um, forgiveness piece. And I know that I think this applies to pharmacists as well, but I know for um, uh, medical uh, students, residents, uh, whenever they graduate and uh, go into rural or underserved areas, um, they also are available for um, student loan forgiveness. So it's good to know that that depending on where you uh, end up working, uh, definitely check into some of those options to see if they give um, uh, forgiveness uh, opportunities for those. Absolutely. And one important thing to remember is that if you are committed to a forgiveness program um, or working in a not-for-profit space, you have to keep your loans uh, public, so with the government. Um, But also remember that at the end of the 10 years, whatever debt is left, you are going to be, it's going to be forgiven as income. So planning for um, having to pay extra income taxes in that year. Okay. Now, is there anything particular about the the 10-year mark? Is there anything that happens after the 10-year mark? Um, So, well, so we are just coming up on the 10-year mark that this public student loan forgiveness program has been available. Um, So people are just getting their loans discharged. So the biggest thing is more prior to the 10 years. So making sure that you're in the in, you have to be in the income driven forgiveness program um, or the income um, income driven payment program in order to qualify for this, you have to have 120 consecutive payments on the loans. Um, and then you file for the forgiveness. And then afterwards, um, you know, you just have to plan for the taxes at the 10-year mark, and then you should be should be good to go. Okay. Uh, certainly a lot to navigate and keep up with, but um, thank you for, for walking us through uh, some of those and, and sharing a little bit more insight into the student loans. Um, so Jessica, another big uh, topic related to, um, you know, our financial health and planning is, you know, taking advantage of, of work benefits. Um, so I know I, I even, you know, when I was in school and I know a lot, a lot of my uh, friends, they may have started working for one company as an intern and they they worked there for, you know, maybe as a technician, then as a pharmacy intern while they were in school. And they, they really feel committed and um, bought into that company uh, because there are, you know, options for, for them to cut, to cover uh, student loans and, and things like that. And so they're kind of wrestling with that decision on, well, do they feel kind of um, handcuffed to that company or, or should they continue to work there? Um, or kind of, I guess, share a little bit more about what you're seeing uh, in terms of taking advantage of, of work benefits. 
Yeah, that's a great question. So um, specifically, I think it's great and companies are really coming out with some more uh, advantageous and creative ways to entice students to stay on. One of those is helping uh, pay some of their student loans down. Um, but also thinking about um, some of the other benefits that are provided. What's the what's the 401k look like? Um, you know, what's the match? Um, are you utilizing that match within your, um, you know, within your 401k? Is there a Roth 401k option? Um, looking at other benefits such as uh, disability. Um, so a big portion of, um, you know, even tied to student loans is, um, you know, if you have, if you become disabled and you're unable to work, that's, you know, that's your livelihood. Um, if you are unable to work, you're unable to earn a paycheck and your most valuable resource is you. So understanding what disability benefits that you have available to you free of charge, um, long-term disability as well as short-term. Um, that's a big one for my female pharmacist because there's a couple larger grocery store chains that don't offer short-term disability. Um, so you plan on having a child, that's what falls in that short-term disability is planning ahead for that and thinking if you should get outside insurance for that or, you know, or a company that provides that, I'd say that would be the best way to tackle that. Um, and then also life insurance. So what are your options through work? Um, do you need to consider going outside, you know, using someone like a Northwestern Mutual rep like myself to cover yourself um, for that disability and life insurance? And then also making sure that you have, um, you know, your retirement set up, you understand your options within your 401k. Um, and lastly, and this is a big one, is health insurance, um, looking at what their health insurance benefits are, um, because premiums can be quite hefty um, for the best plans and understanding which plan you uh, need to choose and your open enrollment, specifically, if, you know, typically the biggest medical event that we females go through is having a child. So considering in the October before you um, have a child, when your open enrollment season is, um, is really picking the best health insurance plan for you. Um, can specifically really save you a lot of money on deductibles and uh, premiums throughout that next year. Okay. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, are there any pitfalls that, you know, are things, other things to navigate and, and related to the work benefits? Yeah, that's a, um, that is one thing that we've seen. Um, so as far as typically with disability, um, you know, that could be a huge ramification on somebody's retirement goals or just living day-to-day -day life. So uh, typically companies offer 60% um, of long-term disability, so I'm talking about something that's three months or longer, 60% um, of income covered. However, that's a taxable benefit. So it would typically be around 50% um, of your income for a long-term disability situation. And then um, you can't save into retirement with uh, dollars that are unearned. So anything that would be a disability paycheck, you cannot use those dollars to save into any sort of retirement account. Um, so I talk and coach with a lot of my clients around, could you live on 50% of your income? 
Um, and we'll go through the numbers and a lot of times, no, that's not the case. So um, we have ways of and policies at Northwestern Mutual um, or other insurance companies to ensure that difference, to ensure the entire paycheck um, can be very cost effective. And then there's a lot of um, big box pharmacy stores that also have a discount um, because we have multitudes of pharmacists uh, signed up um, for um, that uh, supplemental disability. So it gives them a discount rate. So that's a big one. And then um, also with family planning, making sure they have adequate amount of life insurance. And a lot of times um, what they have through work is uh, not adequate. Um, you know, so it's, those are things to consider based on that individual families. Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 Drug Disposal of Controlled Substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste, compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. Okay. Got it. And so speaking of retirement, that is certainly a a big topic. Um, You know, definitely want to hit the 401k and, and some of the other ways to save. And there's, of course, this kind of new movement of uh, people wanting to retire early. Um, and I think it's called FIRE. I'm, I'm forgetting what the exact acronym stands for, but um, basically being able to retire at a much earlier age um, is something that sounds very appealing to people. Um, so Jessica, what are, what are a couple recommendations and ways that people should start saving for retirement? Yeah, so I think uh, first off, retiring early would be amazing, but um, you really got to get pen to paper, um, sit down with an advisor, and really figure out what it's going to take to get to that goal. The biggest thing that people don't consider in retiring early is Medicare. So you have to be 65 in order to get Medicare, um, and healthcare costs on the um, open market are exponentially expensive. So if you want to retire at 55, you know, you really got to plan for 10 years of, you know, paying those hefty um, medical premiums. And so you have to build back into your overall budget. Um, And then in regards to saving, obviously utilizing your 401k match um, is really important. And if you need the taxable deductions, you know, you can contribute up to, I think it's 19,000 into your 401k on an annual basis. Um, Also thinking about um, a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA. Um, So the difference between those two are, so a traditional IRA and a 401k go in with before tax dollars. Um, So essentially you're getting, say your salary is $100,000 and you're able to, and you contribute um, $10,000 to your 401k, your taxable income for that year would be $90,000. So it goes in with pre-tax dollars, grows tax deferred, so you're not going to have taxes on that account while, um, you know, it's growing and building towards retirement to incur the taxes after retirement. 
or, or when you retire and when you pull money out. So say you need um, 10 grand in order to live a month. Well, you know, you have to figure out what your tax bracket's going to be. So you may, you know, be netting um, eight grand based on, you know, you're giving that two, two, two thousand to taxes. So planning for that. Um, another type of retirement account that you can use is a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k. So that goes in with after-tax dollars. So um, no taxes are incurred. Similar to the IRA, um, it grows tax-deferred as well. Um, but you won't have taxes on it when you pull it out in retirement. So, you know, obviously we just saw tax legislation come down the pipe in 2018. So, um, you know, I think taxes are subject um, to be changed and a big thing to consider um, for planning and retirement. So uh, planning adequately for that and having a bunch of eggs in different baskets. So you can also do, you can do a 401k and then you can also do a Roth out, uh, outside of um, your 401k as well. Um, you can contribute uh, 6,000. Yes, yeah, so 6,000 is the new limit um, to a Roth um, on an annual basis. And um, some of my folks that are in a higher tax bracket are uh, aged out of, or excuse me, income phased out of being able to do a Roth, you can do a backdoor Roth. So there's a couple different options and ways to be creative for saving for retirement. Um, I think the biggest thing to remember is that um, the number that you need to save is different. Um, and obviously, if you have a spouse involved, um, you know, you're both going to be saving towards retirement, hopefully, and um, finding out what your specific number is, um, is really important. And I think why it's necessary to sit down with a financial advisor. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. And it is so um, specific to that individual or that family and um, lots of numbers to run and, and definitely helpful to, um, uh, have some, some extra expertise. So Jessica, as our final question, what is some advice that you would tell our younger pharmacist listeners to get them started on the right foot financially in their careers? Yeah. So I think, um, obviously when you go out on job interviews, um, trying to find and really asking about those company benefits, um, because those can be a, um, a very important part of your overall financial picture. So, you know, one company may be offering you 10 grand more a year, but another company may have a 10% um, 401k match, and that could be uh, far more valuable in the long term. So, thinking about and considering um, company benefits in your um, job searching. And then um, once you secure that job, uh, is really understanding and knowing what your budget is. Um, so really getting a good hold, once you get that first paycheck, um, you know, understanding what you net on a monthly basis and um, doing some really good uh, planning and savings for retirement. Um, so understanding your budget and then um, allocating the correct dollars towards the things that you need is the most important thing and uh, building up an emergency fund as well. So having three to six months of expenses 
um, saved up so you don't get yourself in a debt cycle. So, you know, if the radiator goes out in the car, you've got that emergency fund to use um, and you're really making your money work for you and interest work for you instead of against you. Yes, that is, that's such great advice. And I mean, even just like the budget, because um, although a lot of times people think maybe that's a bad word, but, um, but you have to budget. It is a big difference when you go from being a student to making a, you know, oftentimes a six figure salary and, you know, living or acting that new, um, wage. But if you have these long-term goals, uh, it is important to um, really uh, think about how much you could be saving and that you've got to consider the loans or, or other other things. So um, Jessica, all great advice and um, definitely some ways that our listeners can get off on the right foot. So thank you so much for being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Yes, you're welcome. It was a pleasure to be here. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.